0: All right, now it's a talk some Wisconsin football. We have Jake Kokorowski from Bucky's Fifth Chatted with you a couple months ago, but it's finally here. Friday night football, Utah State, Wisconsin home opener. What's your excitement level of this game? Even though Utah State might not be all that great this year, you know it's a. I think the fans
1: are excited now. Granted, it is a Friday night, and with the Big Ten having some of these games played on Monday night or Friday nights, I should say the. You know there's high school football going on as well so maybe I would say not you know like people are are a little upset to, to be honest but uh you know or some people are but you know it's, it's Friday night it's gonna be a you know it should be a gorgeous night their highs are supposed to be in the 70s the expectations of this team returning even with some of the injuries that have uh, cost a couple of play, contributors are Uh, The rest of the their 2017 campaigns, you know, there there's still some depth to this team. There are transfer players that have this ability to, I think, really remake this team into something better than even what you saw last year. Uh, And I, you know, I think the excitement's there, the expectations are there. Uh, But the players know that they they've talked about going beyond the Big Ten with championships. But you know, they know they have to start. You know, it started with summer camp. You know, before that, it was summer conditioning. Before that, it was spring. So they've taken it step-by-step. Step and, they, you know, TJ Edwards told me, yeah, we've talked about, like, national title talk, but there is, you know, we have to start at Utah State. And we have to start at fall camp. And we have to finish that through. Then we have to work on Utah State. So they are they – are Aiming high, but they know they have to take it one game in time, which is all you can ask for from a team uh, that on paper has a lesser schedule uh, than from what you saw last year, uh, you know, with uh, in 2016. But you know, they also have some returners, and they're all, you know, even though they're missing out on a TJ Watt, a Ryan Ramczyk, a Vince Beagle. So there, it, 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 there's excitement with this team, even with some of the injuries. It's going to be fun to watch this this team. I think in
0: 2017. All right. Speaking of that, like you said, they want to go beyond the Big Ten. Pretty sure you saw Bill Connolly saying Wisconsin, easiest – or not easiest, clearest path to the playoff. Are you buying into that? I think so. I think – I mean, and, and, and Bill, I mean, Bill's Bill. You know,
1: so, you know, I, I you, you trust what he says. I honestly feel like this team has the ability to, to go to the college football playoff. Now, they do have – I will say the Big Ten West, I think, is going to be sneaky, difficult because of the fact of, well, one, there's always health you have to deal with. And two, uh, you know, Northwestern has a great quarterback and running back in their safety. You know, they have a, you know, their defense, uh, I think, I forgot their safety, but they, they have a veteran presence there, despite, I think the front seven's a little immature. Nebraska, you know, everyone's a 19 uh, Trevor or uh, yeah, Tanner Lee to be the next uh, big thing for Nebraska quarterbacks. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Iowa's always tough. They're always physical. Minnesota underneath PJ Fleck. There's a lot of hype underneath that Fleck uh, train rolling right now and and but then there's also you know Michigan but uh I I do think they I mean based on polls and S&P yeah they may have the best they may have the easiest shot in my opinion but I will say that the Big Ten West I mean it's a physical division injuries are going to accumulate and and players are gonna have to step up when that happens it's just a matter of time Uh, and if, if Alex Hornibrook gets injured you can throw those rankings out uh, because even though they anointed Jack Cohn, the true freshman's number two quarterback, if Hornibrook is not behind center for an extended period of time this season, things drastically change for the Badgers, not just in the big 10 West, but all, you know, but you know, their chances to win the division there, which they still have a good chance to, but those big 10 titles the the college football playoff talk is, is a completely different question. Then
0: I was asking about that. So you pointed to me out to me that the depth charts out a couple of true freshmen, like you said, Jack Cohn, because, Alex Hornibrook, he split time last year. He did well enough. Heck, they went to the Cotton Bulls. So they did pretty well with him splitting time. If, they, if he goes down that, like so that's going to blow everything up. But would it really all that much? Because for me watching Wisconsin, they just seem to hand the ball off a lot. And I see they have a trio of running backs for some reason. I don't know. You mentioned maybe a motivational thing to put the true freshman in there with Jonathan Taylor and everybody else. How do you? What is this team going to look like? Because I know Hornby the guy he'll throw, but they still want to just run the ball, and they seem. Is Paul Chris that confident? In those three guys, or is it? Well, we'll just play whoever and see what happens. Listing three guys as a starter. I I they, I don't think they'd put
1: Taylor up there if they felt like he couldn't contribute, and this is a kid that I mean honestly a lot of us. I was trying to talk to a couple of the other media guys. We were all there at practices. You know, some of the guys saw him more than I did. I had to dip out early on a couple of them, but. You look at the fact that, you know, Taylor looked good running the like the, first, the, week, the couple of weeks that we saw. He ran the ball hard, but like there's a young guys scrimmage that they had uh, where it was primarily just the younger guys. And Chris pointed it out during his press conference today that, yeah, they look good. You know, he looked good in those. But then it sounds, seems like he's got a full head of steam afterwards because, like, he'd work his way up a little bit more. Uh, and grab some carries here and there uh, during the practices that were open to us. But you know, there's a scrimmage that was on a Friday night where all of a sudden you're hearing from the Big Ten Network, Jonathan Taylor just broke a uh, what was it, a like a 60 70 yard run for a touchdown against the first team defense. You know, you're and it, like you see that and you open up your eyes, you're like, and that first team defense, even without Jack Sitcie, is going to be mighty good. And your eyes kind of pop out. You're like, Okay, and Dakota Dixon even mentioned that too. He, he, apparently, he calls this true freshman beast mode when it comes to uh, because of the fact he's the kid's five eleven, about two fifteen, was one of the you know one of the fastest kids out of the state in New Jersey, if not the fastest kid in the hundred meter dash. So it, it's a uh, there's a lot of hype there. I think he'll be. I think they'll put him in there, especially with Taiwan Deal, who's this redshirt junior that. Really had, you know, he's been hamstrung by injuries. He had His ankle apparently is still not doing well. And, and you know, it's just it's a kid that's a bruiser. That would have been a perfect compliment to Chris James, to Bradrick Shaw. But he is floundering there, you know, but he's just floundering there with injuries. And, and he was having a good camp before that injury as well. From what we had seen, and he had dropped a couple of pounds, but so that I mean that opens up opportunities, and so Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he looks like he's made the most of them. Uh, and like I said, we haven't seen the the practices since the last time, um you know, since about two two and a half weeks ago. So, uh but you know, yeah, I mean, it's been the dominant staple this running game for Wisconsin, right? It's been ever since Barry Alvarez took over this program. uh You know, having like a a physical team, like but a, like a, a a scheme offensively that caters to six, six, 320 hundred and twenty pound guys that can bulldoze and block off of powers and inside zones and offside uh, you know and outside zones and get into the next level on the linebackers to open up big holes for running backs. It's you know it's been a staple of that for 26, 27 years now, uh, but you know the the thing is though so you have Wisconsin's had some really good. Receivers, you know, you look back, Lee Evans, who had a great NFL career. Uh, is one of the most storied Wisconsin wide receivers out there. Chris Chambers uh, during the Rose Bowl years was huge, despite him not getting, you know, being, you know, you could say in the shadow around Ron Dane because it was a run-happy offense and their quarterbacks at the time necessarily couldn't. I mean, they got the ball to him here and there, but it wasn't necessarily a lot uh, compared to what he did in the NFL. Uh, but Jared Aberderis, Alex Erickson's with the Bengals. Uh, but, you know, th- this this year's crop of, of wide receivers, even with George Rushing and, and Kendrick Prior, who were supposed to be two of the five players that were really supposed to, I would say, you know, step into, you know, the two of the five that are supposed to get rotate in. They're out this game with, with various injuries. Rushing had a boot on his leg, left leg, and it sounds like they didn't, you know, they didn't know when he'll be back, necessarily. It's, it's, I don't think it's season-ending by any stretch, but... Uh, He could miss, you know, it sounds like he's going to miss the opener for sure uh, as he's out. Same thing with Kendrick Pryor, who was in a moped accident, and he's got some facial injuries. uh, But that opens the door for, like, a Danny Davis, who, true freshman out of Springfield, Ohio, four-star kid, chose Wisconsin National sign day could be a big presence. But even in front of him, uh, you know, this passing game, they have receivers like Quintez Cephas, who can catch the deep ball, Uh, even though he only had... You know, four or five receptions last year. He a big one came against Iowa that was 57 yards from Hornybrook, uh, who knows how to throw a deep ball with touch and also accuracy, which is rare sometimes. Uh, and and he had that ability there. Uh, AJ Taylor came on during fall camp. He had, his spring didn't look that great. wasn't catching the ball that well, in my opinion. Now, like I said, these are my eyes. I'm not a coach, but it just didn't look like he dropped a couple of balls and, and it just didn't look right in fall camp. He Transformed and catching everything, catching everything almost, and he's more of a slot guy, you know. But Jazz Peavy's another guy uh, who's the big target for receiver, you know, where he runs the ball. He, he averaged 15 yards a carry, almost you know, 400 yards, I was like, you know, so 318, yeah, 318 yards last year, and, and so, but the, you know, but he also catches the ball. He's he second on the team. So I mean, I think running is the personality, it's the attitude, uh, and it's the identity of Wisconsin offense. But they they need that passing game so that teams don't stack eight or nine in the box it's still not up to that par where that 2011 or 2010 team that where you could just physically impose yourself every game you know you need to or like the 2014 squad uh with melvin gordon and and, and robin you know blocking you know with blocks from kyle costigan and rob havenstein and kyle costigan you know like where, where they could impose their will even with eight or nine guys in the box like this i still feel they need that passing game and I think these receivers could be really talented and could, I didn't even mention Troy Fumagalli, who's a preseason All-American, man. You know, it's, it's a, it, it is, this is how, you know, I I don't like to be overly optimistic, man. I don't, I like being pragmatic. Uh, you know, I'm a, yeah, you know, I look at myself as a journalistic type trying to be objective, but there's a lot to like with this Wisconsin offense, man. A lot to like.
0: So, even you mentioned injuries, like it's probably not going to impact Utah State all that much if they have a couple of guys, like you said, who are out on offense. Saving a defense, you have um, you have the uh, what city said, is out that I saw, say, you had a Zach Bon out for the year, it looks like. Yeah. How is like? How's like it's a linebacker position with Utah State? they not going to run the ball. They, they want to run the ball a little bit with Tony Lindsay and Lawan Hunt, but they brought in David Yost to run like a three, four, five wide passing offense. How do you think those guys not being there could impact specifically Utah State? Anything that's like, oh, we have a backup in, we might struggle to do A, B, or C because these two guys are out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's this, the team, I mean, it, it's Jim Leonard's first year on defense, you know, as a defensive coordinator. He obviously had a storied career. In the NFL, ten years, and before that, collegiately, three-time All-American, former walk-on, uh, the walk-on of walk-ons, uh, and I've had a chance to to grow and, and learn more about him and, and talk with him a lot during the past couple of years with the book. Uh, but it's a, I mean, this team, I mean, even Situ was a huge loss because they had the ability to, you know, because he's the energy. Vince Beagle called him the energy of the defense. Where this team, you know, thrived off it. You could hear it in practice. Okay. Case in point. Uh, and, and this is a, is this a not safe? Is this a, a family friendly podcast? I, I would just have to, let me just say this for, for, for City. Like he had some animated words, uh, okay. to say, like, like he goes up to the kicker after Rafael Gacinelli missed, missed a kick. And I will put this, uh, euphemistically and, uh, <laughs> PG terms. Don't miss this one friend. Uh, and so he brought an energy, and there's a, and it's missed. But you're gonna have guys step up in his place. It had to happen last year when Sitchi and Chris Orr were both out. Orr returns, and Orr is like a vocal leader. One of my, and I don't know if this is unjournalistic of me, but he, I think he's one of my favorite interviews because he always has a great quote. There's always something from him, uh, and it's it's, and he's just animated, and you know he has that ability. And if it wasn't for that, it, you know, injury and in the LSU's first offensive play, he doesn't uh you know he he starts in the next uh, last year uh but you know Ryan Conley is there who is in the 2 deep right now he's the starter though TJ Edwards or and Conley are all going to be uh, playing and, and needing to play and will be needed I'm sure uh just because how physical this team you know, team the teams are and just the grind of the you know the 12 game regular season but you know, it this team. I mean, the, the defensive line is solid at the front seven. I mean, they're too deep in talent, and it, it's a it's a embarrassment of riches. You know, three of their defensive ends that are all seniors have played 100, 121 total games, and their junior nose guard, who's three hundred fifty pounds, used to do a backflip, can do the splits, and uh, and we have a feature up coming up tomorrow on Bucky's fifth quarter about his tattoos. Uh, we did a feature on players' tattoos, which I recommend people get. Uh, you know taking a look it was a fun piece to write but uh i mean the, really the the injuries with bond and like you know the key parts are i mean you have to worry about inside linebacker outside linebacker because if one more inside linebacker goes down uh you know you're, you're then having a you know younger guys like a, a Arrington Frarar who just converted from safety two-thirds of the way through the spring who's looking good but he's still got a lot to learn. He's still trying. It's still not instinctual to him yet. Unlike Conley, unlike Orr, and unlike Edwards, outside linebackers Dooley and Jacobs look really solid. and And they've contained both on the run and, and against the pass. Like I think, and Jacobs is a physical beast. This is a guy that was at inside linebacker last year. Was at fullback even before that. He's almost come circle of life. He was an outside linebacker as a true freshman, and then worked his way all the way over. Uh, now back to that position, uh, due, and due to injuries and attrition, and you know you have Garrett Dooley, you ha- uh, who's a senior who stepped in for Be- uh, Vince Beagle when he was injured last year, played admirably. Has I think he took a step. He's, he looked impressive against the run during fall camp uh, against an offensive line that returned four of its five starters. And you have a guy like Leon Jacobs who is just an athletic freak where he is he squats about six fifty five. I thought I saw a bench about 435 or 455 up on a video. His head's the size of my leg – or his biceps are the size of my legs. And uh, it's – it's this guy is a physical specimen. And the things is like, – I'm hoping to see that athleticism from both of them rushing off the edges and, you know, but also in space when they need to make a play – in in the past defense. So, uh, we'll see what Jim Leonard does. I mean, this, like I said, I think the biggest thing right now is the depth is the depth to watch. If you're looking for concerns is the depth of inside linebacker and outside linebacker, just a tinge. I'd say more outside linebacker because bond's injury and he's more of a straight line athlete, converted high prep quarterback. You have a walk on in Tyler Johnson who played well, you know, and you hear guys like Edwards today, give him a lot of, praise for for how hard he's worked and gets got to where he's at now so i think he'll work his way in but i mean it'll be you know this is a time where i think you'll see a lot of those guys play t- this week and and see how they do and, and the coaching staff will take note uh but i mean the secondary too i like the secondary where they're at the injuries don't hit there i mean there's they could be among the best in the nation i know the cornerback duo will be the best among the best in the conference with Derek tyndall and nick nelson and nick nelson's at cornerback that safety uh that cornerback i should say that richard jr uh, from hawaii and he's just turning heads and every practice that i was at it seemed like he made a pass breakup at some point or an interception so it'd be very
0: interesting so speaking of the second there it's really good if you because utah state like i said a minute before they want to go they they have seven eight deep receiver gonna go four wide go super up tempo is that going to with that being the strength I assume there should be very little concern about stopping guys like runtaven Quarver and other guys Van Luen out there who are going to be their key targets.
1: Yeah, I the interesting part will be I think with this team uh the big part comes with the third cornerback and in, in, in their nickel sub packages where right now it's been between Dante Carrier Williams and it'll be between uh, him and Lou Byrne Figaro, a senior. And Figaro last year, when Natrell Jamerson was still cornerback, he's now the free safety, starting free safety. They bumped him back out uh, you know, deep in the middle of the field, opposite Dakota Dixon. He is you know, basically Figaro he came in, he played all right for the most part, but that Penn State game, the Big Ten Championship game where he got toasted on two big touchdown passes one was against mike gasecki who's gonna you know he's earned some preseason all-american honor so that's always a tough matchup right but uh there's also a time where he overran a ball like he's trying to undercut a ball and next thing you know the guy breaks the tackle and it's a touchdown That you know that made it a full two touchdown score at halftime which really made the momentum uh shift but you have the fact that this uh team really is um I, would, I think their secondary is going to be all right. I like Carrier Williams in the slot, and, and Jim Leonard's talked about how they're going to use – really, they're going to try to utilize Carrier Williams or Tyndall in the slot probably. Nelson's just a you know, 5'11", 204-pound cornerback who's a little bit bigger. But you know, and he can, and he knows how to play man coverage. I think he's going to be fine. Where he's going to be a little bit more one of those more physical cornerbacks. You know, Tyndall is a little bit more savvy, he, and he can play those multiple positions that you would like to see from a cornerback, where he can shift inside, he can shift outside. Kerry Williams, I think, can do the same thing. I'm not so sure about Figaro. Uh, but you know, safety wise, you have Jamerson, who has that coverage, and he's learning. He's learning to communicate more. I mean, that's one of the big things I was talking to Nelson about last next week or last week. Like, what's been the major change for, for Jamerson? And it's just trying to make those calls. Cornerbacks in that defense, they, they receive the calls. Uh, safeties make those calls. And so I'm intrigued to see how his transition in a game time, in a true game time setting is. Uh, and, and, you know, he's moved around a lot as well, uh, going from wide receiver to cornerback now to safety. So, uh, I mean, I think they should hold up. Uh, I mean it's, it's, Jim Leonard has this group really well defined. They... Study hard. You saw the results last year where they really, you know, 22 interceptions for the entire uh, sec, uh, entire defense, which is tied for second in the nation. I think they had 16 of those 22, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so, the, you know, this team has that ability to is It's either 16 or 17, I think. Oh, it was 16, I'm sorry. And so this team has the ability, I mean, they the secondary has this ability to really step forward and make an even, a greater impact, I think. And when and Nelson has just been lauded and I, 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 you know, I I'm intrigued to see what he does, not just against the Utah state, but really when you see those other receivers start popping up and then you really, you know, like the, the big time names and see how he does. Cause uh, you know, these guys could be locked down cornerbacks and, and Nelson, I mean, there's even like some hype that he may leave after, you know, one season at Wisconsin, almost pull like a, a Ryan Ram check where he leaves. So that's what that's what's really interesting, and it's someone to watch. Not just at in, in the secondary, but he's also named the number one punt returner, and he returned punts at against Hawaii or at Hawaii, uh, and he did so against Wisconsin in 2015. So uh, it's exciting to see. by the said it's how they play the game, and I'm one, I'm really intrigued to see first game of the season what Utah State pulls out for them.
0: You know, uh, so you know? yeah, me too. Like what they. Normally, if you've seen what Utah State's done, because, you know, Gary Anderson, he was there before. Kind of know what he's all about. He, Before he was there or even after Matt Wells, they want to run the ball because it's kind of mind-boggling a little bit. Devontae Mays there last year got hurt. He goes to the Green Bay Packers and doing quite well, and he was never really that – he was good at Utah State but kind of hit or miss. There's other guys back there, so they want to maybe run the ball a bit and pass the ball. It's like if you saw any of Colorado State yesterday at all or over the weekend – they run the ball and want to pass the ball very well. Not just full spread, but not just two tight ends. Set. But with Dios there, I think I'm think i interested to see what they want to do because they don't really have a ton of open practice. Plus, it's far for me to drive to get down there. It's almost 90 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, I'm not going to do that very often. And to be honest, not many people cover the team down there, so it's hard to get information unless you know some people or can get some info that way. But I've just seen they want to go fast and go four wide receivers and pass a ton. But I want to see what they do because Kent Myers is a four-year – kind of a four-year starter. He got thrown in as a true freshman. He's going out to Wisconsin. It's a big place to play. And I don't know. I just, I don't know what to do. Cause last year their offense averaged like 20 points a game. Oof. Not very good gotcha. and defense. I was thinking defense was not very good last year after going through it, but going up one more time and going through it again, defense only gave up 20 points themselves, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's, but they can't, That's they can't score a lot. And so that's why they were three nine. They had so many games within a touchdown. They lost. And so I, I'm interested to see what the offense can do playing a good opponent. And one thing I want to ask you about this: I'm looking at the line just because it's sometimes fun to do so. Because <laughs> I, I was looking at things they're all out there, it opened as 37, but now it's 28. How does that happen? That's a huge swing, 11 points. No, I mean, I mean that may come to the point where I mean, I mean the loss of Sitchi,
1: and I don't know when that came out. So I don't know when like the initial.
0: Yeah, me neither. I'm out. not sure
1: exactly. But you know, you have the fact that this team. Is I don't know how to say it. I think like you know there's the team should do well and they should win like I'm predicting like a 38 to 10 yeah. score uh, where you know I think the first team offense maybe holds the Utah State to a field goal you know and then like in, in maybe mop up time that's where the touchdown goes you know where you get the second you know the second teamers and the reserves in but but it's you know it, I I think it goes with the loss of Sitchie. Uh, the fact that you know there is come to that point where, like I said before with Hornibrook, if you know, yeah, the, this is a team that runs a lot, but he provides a passing element and he has got a better zip on the ball this year. And uh, you know, there's a that's the first thing that some of us noticed during the spring ball is that you know, he's worked with George Whitfield Jr., the guru that's worked with Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston, uh, Johnny Manziel, and you know, his the, the throws seem a little bit stronger, uh, and he's got that touch. Combines that with the touch on the ball, you mean. It, you know, it, it, basically, if he goes down though, like Jack Cone, look, he has a mobile mobile ability. As a young kid, he can throw the ball away quick, you know, which is nice to see. It's not a kid that's trying to force things. a la Brett Favre for for us up here in Wisconsin. That's the famous gunslinger that could back up his throws with his arm. But Cone does not have that arm. I promise you there. Uh, but it is. You know, I mean, that's, that's something, you know, Bond, I don't think Bond's injury would do anything, but it's also, you know, it, first games are always kind of interesting too, where, it, you know, you talk to the guys today, right. And you're like, well, how do you prepare? You know, how do you prepare for this? You watch games from last year. They watch games from last year. And, but Paul Chris admitted today that there's going to be something that they're not going to be able to, they're not going to see. And there's
0: going to be something. You know? we'll look at yesterday over the weekend, San Jose State goes out sixteen over South Florida. It's like who saw that coming? Exactly. That was exactly. Ridiculous. So there's always a special teams block punt, something crazy may go happen. Where who knows? Utah State is up 7-0 for a pick six, but the Wisconsin rolls off forty five straight points. It's like okay, we're good. But something stuff some weird stuff could happen in opening weekend. Doesn't matter because Utah State they're not they're not a pushover, but they're also not a great team. I think they'll be able to do a few things, but. You'll see something like, how did that happen? There will be something that goes on that puzzles both teams that they weren't expecting. That always happens in a week one or an unfamiliar opponent in non-conference. Exactly. Play. And so that's what, you know,
1: and, and another point too, and this is like a smaller point, but having the fact that I, my hopefully my next book is on, on a national level about specialists, Wisconsin starts, their they're starting long snapper, Adam Bay, is a true freshman. Now he was one of the nation's, by Cole's kicking camp, he was the nation's best long snapper, prep long snapper, but he replaces Connor Udelhoven. And Connor played 53 games, one off the school record uh, in his time at Wisconsin. And he was just a picture of consistency, barely, you know, like barely a noticeable bad snap, you know, the last two years of his time at Wisconsin. And so you don't, you know, when you hear a long snapper's name called out, and I talked to a couple of specialists and we were joking about it. Like if you hear, if his name's being heard, that's, yeah. You know you're doing something bad, right? You know there's something that's you know it, it's not a good thing. It's and so I mean that I mean like on field goals and punts, you know. And I talked to the punter Anthony Lottie uh, last week for for he's by the way, Wisconsin's punter's got a sleeve for a tattoo for the, for those that uh, you know that are Utah State fans. I don't know if that makes any difference, but uh, I find
0: it hilarious because it's he's a punter and he's got a full sleeve. Uh, there's a the center for BYU I think is a long snapper has like huge tattoo I think it's called like the long snapper or something something weird for a bat tattoo for long snapper it's like okay specialists are yeah, weird no they it's, are it's, you gotta admit you got all the Aussie punters guys from New Zealand kicking the ball and they happens. are my they may be my like I said I don't know if this is necessarily journalistically
1: correct to call them out but they are my favorite people to cover because they are just this unique subset uh, and it tr- intrigues me and, uh, I have a joke with one of the beat writers where I'm like, every time I see a long snapping article, I'll, I'll tweet it to him in a DM saying, Hey, Hey, another long snapper.
0: Hey, this guy, this yeah. guy, look what he does. They want to talk. I, they, cause they don't talk to get talked to a ton and they want to, they'll chat it up and you'll get some good info. Exactly. No. And
1: it's, you know, but you know, talking with Lottie about it. I mean, he mentioned you know, there's so much intricacies. It's the same thing with any type of football, right? Where, you know, three inches or an inch and a half off in your splits could mean the difference between making a touchdown-saving tackle or getting blown off the ball. It's a, you know, with long snappers, like, he, they identified one small thing, according to Lottie, for for some, one of the snaps, where just a placement issue. And, that you know, and it was only slight, it was a slight difference. But, you know, they fixed it, and, and you know, and like a slight fix. And, you know, there's that intricacies there. And, and you know, you talked to Chris today, and he likes where, is at right now, so I mean, it all changes when he goes out on the field. He's going to be in front of eighty thousand people, or probably maybe seventy-five to eighty thousand, depending on how many make it out due to high school football uh, on
0: Fridays. So, all right, let's all right, let's wrap this up really quick. We know Wisconsin's going to win because that's that's how this these things work. What <laughs> would it take for you to say like Wisconsin? I know you don't want to say they played bad or didn't win, but like, what would surprise you as a result? Saying oh, Utah State's better than I thought, or Wisconsin needs to work on things. Like, let's just say um. Let me try to phrase it the best way. But I think you know what I'm getting at where they won, but it was a, a more hard fought victory. Like, what would be things where you want to see him? I'm terrible at this today. No. <laughs> like, a disappointing win. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, getting at. I don't want to say it, but they, like, they win, but it's not how you'd like. What would it take it to happen for Utah State to be close in this game to give Wisconsin any sense? I mean, of I scare? think, yeah. There we yes, go. So I, got I it. think
1: injuries <laughs> is a big thing where, like I said, Hornibrook's out somehow if, if you know, he gets rolled up on or something where he just gets injured. Uh, I think that's a. I mean, then you have to like rely on backup quarterbacks and the offense gets stalled out. I think that's a disappointing loss. Uh, you look at the fact of, I think, turnovers uh, and procedural penalties. Uh, you'll hear a lot about that where you don't want those players, you don't want the players drawing. you know, let's say you're first in goal at the one and then there's a false start. Right. So I think having procedural penalties is huge. It's a bit, they don't like it. Wisconsin, like during fall camp, they would knock you out. They would, you know, get the guy out of the play right away. Like afterwards, like up, oh, you drew false art, you know, up oh, next guy up. Uh, and so I, I think if they commit a lot of penalties, if the offense doesn't show signs of maturing, like it should. And, and like I said, they have a, a preseason All-American with Troy Fumagalli. They have a running you know they have three running backs right now that appear to have the ability to, to change the game. Uh, they have a wide receiver like like Jazz Peavy. Uh, see you're hearing my kids cry in the background even though I have the door closed and it's a, it's always fun uh, but now uh, you have this team too where I, I think the defense if there's if they get caught with things, where you know, Utah state showcases like a couple of things like Derek Tindall last year had a couple of touchdowns given up against, uh, that were, you know, I think the one was the Michigan one. I think that the secondary gets confused and maybe, maybe there's some issues, uh, communicating. Uh, but I, you know, I, it, it, like I said, the big thing I think would be like injuries and penalties, uh, that would stifle opportunity. And, and I think that, that would be the keys. Uh, otherwise I think Wisconsin, like the, this team, from what I who I've talked to, the players that I've talked to, the assistant coaches, uh, and Paul Christ, like you know, this team ha- they they like the way they work. They have that mentality of one game at a time. Uh, they they don't you know they don't they want to be the best they can be. They know that if they win, there's still things to clean up. There always be things to clean up. Uh, but it should be very interesting in Camp Randall. Uh, and, and I know many Badger fans are hoping that the recreation of the 2012 game where Gary Anderson almost and his squad almost beat Wisconsin at home, if not for a missed late field last second field goal, uh, hopefully to, does not come out to be the
0: case. Yeah, I remember a play call we talked before. It's like run the ball, get five yards, but nope. They tried to go for the big first down play and bungled it, but it happens. But hey, at least we're not on TV, and you don't have the, on BBC. It's your kid coming through or something on the doorway. So we're good. There. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, it happens all the time. It's fine. It's, I just remember watching that. It's like, oh, geez, that's got to be like the worst we're on TV. And then that comes through the back. Hey, we got about dozens of people that listen to us, so we're good. We are, and it's fine. It, it, who cares? We're we're having fun. It's 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 real. It's not overly produced stuff like that. But that that's the game. We got it Friday night. It's on um, ESPN2? ESPN two. ESPN on ESPN, it's a big yeah. There at ESPN. Yeah, yes eight o'clock Central Time. There on Wisconsin. Not they're not getting the megacast, cast. Um, what Ohio State Indiana is, which is uh, weird to say they're doing a mega cast for that game, but whatever. Yeah, no, they got was it Adam Amin?
1: Uh, Adam, Ad- yeah, is, is it Amin is his last name. Yeah. Uh, and then Dusty yeah. Devorak, Devorak, uh, Dvorak and uh, Molly McGrath uh, will be the ESPN. So, no, I mean, it's a late night, too. It's 8 o'clock. So that's, uh, you know, it's going to be late for me. It's going to be a late night. I, at least I'm not a newspaper guy that needs to make deadlines. So I am happy with that. Unlike a couple of my colleagues, my close colleagues, that um, I try to let them be as much as possible and getting those questions in before they have to run back up to the press box and
0: hey, at least you're not out here in West when I cover BYU or go to games 8-15, 8-30 kickoff. Those guys are struggling to get back in time to get stuff ready when it's game ends at midnight or something. So yeah, it's only one game. It's, they're crazy, but late-night games are fun. But, hey, Jake, thanks for hopping on. Excellent stuff. So Utah State fans complain about us not having enough coverage. They cannot complain anymore after this one because they should have everything known. for us content. Yeah, and State. if
1: you guys want to, like I said, feel free to call me out on, uh, on Twitter at JakeCocoB5Q or just – you know, go to Bucky's Fifth Quarter in one of our comments sections. Feel free to hit us up. Uh, we're always here to talk. If you guys need some tailgating tips, if you're making the trip out to Madison, uh, we're hopefully on Thursday I'll be talking about brats because I like food and, and the proper way to make So, wait, I saw your tweet. Are you boiling?
0: Do you okay, boil brats? So what do you do with I used to. Pre boil? used what to pre
1: boil, where you, you know, I guess how it's called. Like, that's how I was kind of brought up, right? You put beer, you have the onions. Uh, and you boil them like for me it was kind of like you get you know a lot of the fat out or whatever it was like i thought it was all clinic that i thought that was that type of thinking right well you know basically there's an article going up because we want to talk about some food and i started talking about brats and, and i love brats i'm from wisconsin i basically you know it's the you know yeah it's one of the natural food groups you have your veggies you have your bread and you have well your brats uh and you know there's and meats completely separate too by the way so chicken steak fish right that's all that's separate but brats brats are brats and uh we have and so basically i found out like and i i just asked the question to some of our fans right which what's the best way to do this what's you know like for, for me i've always been i've always boiled them i've always put them in beer or in th- sometimes i've thrown in an onion so i'm not a big onion guy but but you know like uh i'll have onions here and there
0: but uh so no brats yeah. are good i love brats too so, so no good. i
1: simmered them i simmered them in yeah so it's like boiling so you know you caramelize you you get the uh onions really kind of just uh glistening and, and so you know you put some butter some there and then you pour i use uh, polka king porter uh door county brewery for those that come up here really good porter and then you simmer the the broths for about maybe five minutes get that great nice great tinge on and then you throw them on the grill. And so you don't boil them all the way through because the casing pops. Now, mine, my casing popped, I think, because they, my brats were mostly still frozen. I was running out of time, and I was starving. So, uh, But <laughs> I mean, it was still good flavor, good taste. Uh, and so I think I'm going to use that moving forward.
0: It's a good product. I cook them all the time. I never boiled before. I, I make them a million different ways. I'll, them, I'll put them in eggs. I'll make whatever I want. So I know, I, For me, it popped not a big deal. But if you want it just right – in some sort of bun or breading or some sandwich of some sort, you can't have that. But that's good cooking tip. So if people want to tailgate, that's a new tip. I'll try that. And I usually just um, kind of grow them. That's about it. I don't really put them in water or boil them or beer or anything. But it's the way to go, man. I'm always looking for good food tips. Oh it's no, it's involved.
1: the way to go. Like it, it, it gives you like, I, in my opinion, it gives you a nice good taste and it, you know, and, and the nice thing too, you'll have some leftover beer after after you you put it into the pan, so you get to drink some too. So it's a win-win. There you go.
0: All right, man. Jake, you, Jake, thanks a ton, and we'll hopefully we have a competitive game on Friday night. That's what I'm looking forward to. So. I'm hoping.
1: I think most Badger fans hope that it won't be, but uh, we'll see how that goes.
0: Hey, that's, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. Hey, I'm saying 21 points. That's where I'm going for. Fits within 21, that's um, I think that's good for both sides. A good half and half. Where 21, you're kind of close, but you're still wisconsin's comfortable as well i think that's a good compromise perhaps a 21 yeah I, I, I i'd take that i'd take that man but thank you so much for having me on you
1: guys do some great stuff over the over you know at uh yeah mountain west wire i'm, I'm making sure i'm saying this right mountain west wire am i am i correct yes
0: yes we are last time we yes, talked we're yes. somewhere else for those who don't know if you're a wisconsin fans listening um just type in mwcwire.com we are part with uh, over the guys with uh, culturalballnews.com and USA Today Sports Media Group, so made some change. But if you want to find anything, this podcast, any other pregame stuff for Utah State, Wisconsin, just go to mwcwire.com know, and go find it. I appreciate there. you guys having me back on. And uh, got to get up here one of these days, man.
1: Get in the press box. And uh, the night before, we can go to Brat, State Street Brats. And we can go to a bunch of other places. Ian's Pizza, Old Fashioned. Uh, got to get you up here one of these weeks.
0: Ooh. Done. I'll see what I can do one one day. It'll no be problem. awesome. Thanks, take Jake. care.